Hello, hello. Hey. So today, Wendy and I will be talking to a good friend of mine, Crystal Alvarez. I met Crystal back in middle school, so we have a lot of history together, but it's been inspiring to watch her journey from going the route of college, graduating, going into the corporate world, and then at one point deciding to pivot into the content creation space, influencer space, digital e-commerce space. So it was fascinating to hear about her story on overcoming fear Mm -hmm. and really diving into what lights her up and makes her passionate. (laughs) Yeah. Also, we're back with Wendy and Norma for a transactional love episode with a guest, Crystal Alegria. Oh, Crystal, it's not Alegria. (laughs) It's not Alegria. This is is what happens when you know someone for a very long time. Since middle school, I will never, ever change your name in my phone, ever. You will always be Crystal Alegria. Crystal Norma. You're still Norma Morales. Perfect. So we're super excited to be talking to you, Crystal. Um, I've known you for forever. You're one of my oldest friends. And I've just seen the incredible journey you've taken when we were thinking about transactional love and how people buy, why people buy. I love your story and how you've curated your life and what you're passionate about, what excites you, and created a way to essentially share that with with a broad audience. So we're going to dive right in. Let's get yeah, to know exactly. you a bit deeper. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Someone didn't have access to your website, your social media, especially your social media. How do you describe mm-hmm. what you do and your brand? So in a nutshell, I would say that I share attainable, comfortable, affordable style for the everyday woman. And I also sprinkle in some beauty and makeup. I've recently transitioned in the last couple of years. I've really started paying attention to the ingredients in the things that I'm putting on my body and into my body. So I have recently transitioned over to more sharing more clean beauty and makeup. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm really passionate about. And then I would say that a subplot of my brand is also my virtual book club, which I started almost two years ago. And so I have that over on Instagram as well. And while that's not the main source of my business, I would say it is definitely a subplot of my business because Mm -hmm. I have my YouTube channel and everything as well. Yeah, I would say in a nutshell, that's that's me. <laughs> what platforms do you primarily use to reach your audience? My main platform is Instagram. So I have my my style and beauty page, mm-hmm. which is on Instagram. And then I also have my book club, which is on Instagram. And that transfers into YouTube. But I would say, short answer, Instagram is my main platform for sure. So let's back up to the crystal that I met. Let's go way, way back to like, oh my gosh. middle school. Even. Pigtails. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, kicking, kicking rocks and boys. Old. I went to Kruger yeah. Middle School, yeah. guys, in San Antonio. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. yeah, shout out. Shout out to the Falcons. Oh, my gosh. I know. So hey, let's back, back up to that. Yes. And give us, like, the highlights on your journey and what brought you to this point in your life. And then in that journey, what was the aha moment that gave you the courage, the inspiration to shift and pivot into the space that you're in now? How do you tell that story? Yeah. So I would say I had the typical life structure. Go to school, you go to middle school, high school, go to college. And that that was my journey. After college, I immediately got a job in the corporate world. And I was, I worked in that space for about 10 years. Hey, Crystal, can I interrupt for a hot second? Yeah. What did you study in college? This is my favorite question because it almost (laughs) never matches what we do in real life. And I think it helps to reset and reframe the importance of 
the degree that you receive, just the exercise of going to college and finishing is the important part oh and not at all what you study. So what did, what was your major? What did you study? Yes. What was your degree? Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. So my major was psychology, got a degree in psychology, and then I have a minor in criminology, Ooh. which is totally different. I actually wanted to do criminal profiling yeah. thing. And it's so funny because while I'm not doing that in my profession, a lot of that comes out in my personality, totally. like in the things that 100%. I'm interested in. Yes. No, I think your major 100% applies to everything you're doing every day. Yes. This it is the psychology really of, of right. buying right. habits. So right. I think life is psychology. Well, so and, and like applies. clients are like criminals, right? Like the whole point is to <laughs> oh set them and understand their behaviors and clients their patterns. Are criminals. <laughs> Yeah. No, so it's, I, it's I interesting. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So you finished school. No, that's fine. You go yes. into the corporate world and what were you, what, how did you transition yes. to corporate? Cause that seems like it would be more of like a law or I don't well, know, social justice I, sort of um, world that you would go to. I think for me, in order to do what I wanted to do, I needed to go and pretty much get my PhD. And at that point in my life, I just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So right after I graduated from college, I honestly just started looking for a job, like a job that I could be proud of and a job that was just more of a corporate environment. And at that, at that time in my life, that's, I don't know, that's just the direction that I went. I just didn't want to go back to school, I think is in that moment. Yeah, I you were done. Just, I was done. Yeah, I was just done. <laughs> and I found this really amazing job at a corporate company. It was actually a mutual funds company in San Antonio. And I went for the interview and it just the most beautiful building, the most beautiful environment. And I was immediately like, I want to work here. And so I got that job and I stayed there for 10 years and I moved around a little bit throughout the company. So I started in customer service. I moved over to human resources and then I worked in facilities and, um, that's like very different. They're all very different skill sets. Yeah. So okay. different. Yeah. Yeah. I moved around a lot in, in that country time, but customer service is when you start at that company, that's where you start. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts in the customer service. And so you move around from there and opportunity came open in human resources and it was on the recruiting side, which I was very interested in because I was just very like a social butterfly. I loved being around people. I loved working with people. So I did a lot of the interviewing, the hiring, the recruitment process and all of that. And I did that for a few years. And that was actually just an internship. And so that ended, I didn't want to go back to customer service. So there was another opening in the facilities, which is basically like the aesthetics of the building, so mm-hmm. how the building looks. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting to me. So I applied for it and got it. And I stayed in that position for about three years until I ended up leaving that job. I was very unhappy in that job for a long time. I started finding out as I was growing as a person, the corporate world really wasn't for me. I feel like I couldn't be myself in that type of space. Mm -hmm. And it was affecting just everything about me. Like, I I don't know how to explain it other than I was, I just was very unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my husband about it one day and he was like, then you need to leave. You're not happy. Life is too short. You can't just be miserable in what you're doing every single day. It was to the point where sometimes I was driving to work and I would cry because I could just, it was, I was so miserable. I think you put um, it well. I couldn't be myself. I love the, just that awareness that I couldn't be myself when it was affecting. Mm -hmm. For sure. It was affecting me. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting friendships. Just, I didn't like who I was becoming because it was really taking a toll on me mentally. And I just, 
I knew that it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. I ended up leaving after about 10 years. And not to say that I didn't gain something from that experience. I absolutely did. And I gained a lot of friendships and just learned a lot throughout that 10 years. But I knew it wasn't something that I, that was going to be long-term for me. Yeah. And even negative experiences inform you and you learn. It's not just about collecting the good parts of things. It's about Mm -hmm. moving through the harder parts too. So that experience. Absolutely definitely shaped who you moved in to become, which Mm -hmm. it sounds like that's the next part you're going to tell us. There obviously was a buildup, right, of you trying different things. You maybe were thinking, maybe the role's not right. Maybe I can try something else. And something just wasn't clicking. I love what you said about your husband's. That support you had from him. So that helps courage, Mm -hmm. right? And that helps with the leap of faith. But what was that moment that you were like, okay, I'm doing this? Honestly, I think without Jacob, my husband, I would have, I would probably still be there to be honest. I didn't, like you said it perfectly, Norma, when you said he gave you the courage to do that. He is just like my sounding board. He always has been. And he's always been the type of person that reassures me a lot in a lot of things that I do. And at that point in my life, I just was so scared. And I'm not the type of person that takes a lot of, that does a lot of risky things. And Jacob is very opposite of me where he's all about taking risks and trying different things. And so he gave me that courage and pushed me to just do it. And although it was the hardest thing I've probably ever done, I just did it. And I can't say that there was a specific moment where I said, okay, this isn't for me. It was more so just like a buildup of all of the stress and the unhappiness and seeing myself and how I was changing. All of that buildup led up to that moment of me being like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) And I said that to myself multiple times for years. I told myself, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. I knew it for even three or four years. I knew that it wasn't for me. But finally, Jacob was like, you just need to do it. Stop talking about it and just do it. We will figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing. It's amazing to have someone in your corner like that. Oh, for sure. I really don't think I could have done it on my own. It was like mm-hmm. you, you did shift. Like your husband said to you, I want you to be happy because you're ruining my day too. But <laughs> <laughs> or it's also, I don't yeah. see the crystal. I know. Cause right. I could see that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, Jacob also went to middle school with us. He's always had a crush on crystal. <laughs> oh He's God. been Aww. her biggest cheerleader since oh, we were sweet. kids, which is just Inc- yeah. incredible yes, story love story been. on a different podcast yeah. but <laughs> I know it's not a transactional love <laughs> yeah. it's just like the real love yeah. that's sweet yeah. but, but like, I do yeah. see him saying that like, mirror too like right? when you're like I don't I'm not myself I bet he was telling yeah. you I don't see the crystal I know oh he 100% even there would be times where the way that I was acting towards him I was like who are you you do not yeah he doesn't I don't, I would just be really snappy and I would get an attitude really quickly and he could do like the smallest thing and I would get so upset and like just things that, uh, that I didn't love myself for. Mm -hmm. And eventually over time I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I knew it, I knew what it was stemming from. I knew it. I just, it was just that whole thing of, I need, I guess I needed like the reassurance from someone that I love to tell me like, Hey, it's time. Yeah. 
So talk a little so, bit about like that day. So you resigned at some mm-hmm. point and then what was the shift? Oh what was that journey to build this brand that right. you have Did now? you take a break or did you, and you're like, I'm going to be a social media maven. <laughs> no. oh this is God. a different time too. Crystal, talk a little bit about the year. Yes. Cause I, I do think okay, that there's yeah. something to be said about where we are today in mm-hmm. the influencing space. And then you were a pioneer in a way, especially for being in San Antonio, right? Oh yeah. You said a lot of really good things there that I want to point on, but it was May 2017. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, a little over six years ago. And absolutely, social media was totally different back then. Mm-hmm. When I left my job, I would say about two months later, I remember this day specifically. It's so crazy because I remember it very clearly. I remember I was following someone on Instagram. And back then, Instagram wasn't huge. It right. was there, but it wasn't what it is today by any means. And I was following someone on Instagram, the blogger, and she had a blog. And I saw her post something about an outfit she was wearing. And it's so weird because I took a step back and I was like, I really love doing things like that. I wonder if I could start a blog. I didn't even really know what a blog was. I did, but I didn't really know everything that went into it. And so I literally got on the computer that day and I just Googled how to start a blog. And I followed the steps. I just literally followed all the steps. It was so easy. And I I couldn't even believe how easy it was. Um, It took me all day, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to start a blog. What do I have to learn? All day. I love it. It took me a long time. One whole day. (laughs) Yeah. It it was really crazy because I thought it was going to be way more complicated. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. And I'm going to start posting about anything that I want, my life, makeup, clothes, like I'm going to just travel. I'm going to start posting. And I did. And that's how my page was born, I guess you could say. Talk a little bit about the courage because I do remember at this point. Oh, yeah. You talk a little bit about there was struggle putting yourself out there. Oh, yes. So I was really nervous because I guess I didn't want the judgment. And I knew that the judgment was going to come and I'm almost positive people judged me. Like my friends were like, what is she doing? <laughs> when I started sharing stuff on my Instagram, it really was nerve wracking putting myself out there and starting to share more co- content that wasn't just my personal regular Instagram. It was more beauty and fashion content. It felt very foreign to me and I was very uncomfortable at first. Like when I would post, I would get nervous every time I would post. I felt like, I don't know if it get made fun of is the right word, but it was almost a little cringe. Yeah, I could yeah. totally see how that would be so intimidating. Yeah, it was, was very tough. But what was even tougher is when Instagram stories rolled out. And now here I am, I have my Instagram and I'm obviously taking my Instagram very seriously. I'm looking at it. This is my business. You have to keep up with the trends. You have to keep up with all the new changes that Instagram is going through. So you now have to be on stories and you now have to show your face and you now have to talk on stories and you have to share these things on stories. So that was really intimidating, even more so than just posting on my feed. It was now, okay, you have to be sharing in real time now and you have to do this every single day if you want to grow. And that was even more intimidating. (laughs) Now it's, it's like second nature to me, but when it first rolled out, it was tough. It was tough. But. And then when do you feel like you got that, oh my gosh, it, people are watching, people are listening, like this is going somewhere. What mm-hmm. gave you that validation? Like right. you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I would say that was more of a recent revelation. My journey started 
very slow and very stagnant. There were times where a year had gone by and I hadn't grown at all. And going through that, it makes you want to give up and it makes you want to be like, okay, maybe this isn't for me, or maybe I'm not doing something right. Or it just makes you take a step back to wonder, okay, what can I do differently? Because obviously what I'm doing right now is not working. Mm -hmm. And then after a few years, the growth definitely picked up. And I guess I know why the growth was stagnant. It was because I didn't really know what I was doing at first. And I was just posting anything and everything. And it was a mess, to be Mm -hmm. honest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you had to refine um, what your message was yes, for your audience. Absolutely. And that it took a while for me to actually realize that. And yeah, so I think it was just a mess. And when I finally honed in on what it was that I wanted to share and what I wanted to do, that's when my growth started picking up. While it was very slow, it was also steady. It was a lot steadier than it had been in quite some time. Can you talk more about what that is for people? So what is your message? Who is your market? Who do you talk to? Why do they keep tuning in? Now that you have found that voice, what is your voice? Mm-hmm. What's their criminal psychology? Yeah, what's the- <laughs> Dissect your, yeah. your yeah, let's, let's get into yeah. what you offer and then why they take it, like why they're buying. Yeah, I would say that my customer is women between the age of 25 and 45. And I really think you mentioned the psychology behind it. I think the psychology behind why someone would want to interact with me and my brand is the fact that I share a lot of my life on social media outside of making money. Is mm-hmm. that just kind of simplify it? So I share a lot of me and my personality, not just, I'm not just sharing clothes. I'm not just sharing beauty. I share a lot about myself and my marriage, my husband, my dog, my house. I share a lot of things that I think a lot of people relate to And people see me as a real person. Mm -hmm. Sharing those things gains trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the psychology behind why people buy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because they feel like they know me and they feel like we're friends. And we are. But obviously through through a phone. But I I always come back to trust. That is the crux of what each of us are offering is that we want people to know us. We want them to like us. And then we want them to trust us when we say, this is our opinion about this thing. Because we've done all this other work with them, they buy. The vulnerability piece too, because when people see themselves in others, it helps to say, oh, they're normal. They drink the same coffee I do or whatever. And even the good and the bad, it's not just the highlight reel that I love about you. It's true storytelling, whether you're having a tougher day or an easier day or fun day, you get the full experience of a crystal that's 100 percent true and i think ultimately people just want to feel related to and the more people relate to you the more they trust you and they they want to see a real person in you one of my biggest things is responding to all my dms i get a lot of dms but i respond to every single one i look at every single one and that's one of the things that i really make it a point to do because it's not only about just having a following it's all it's more so about creating a community of people Mm -hmm. who feel like they know you and feel like your friends whether or not we've met in person you want those people to feel comfortable with you talking to you sharing things with you like you would a friend in real life so I think that's really important what has been your favorite project so far I would say really the relationships that I have 
created with my community because it's so funny when I go through and respond to DMs, I see a lot of the same names yeah. and I have a lot of conversations with a lot of different people, but I recognize the names because we talk very often. It feels like a friendship, but in terms that. of an actual project or collaboration, I would say one of my favorites and the one I'm most proud of is the collaboration I have with Daisy Penny, which is the biggest collaboration I've ever done. It's a year long project. I'm hoping that it'll get renewed for another year, but currently that's my pride and joy. So yeah, what do you love about it? Tell me, yeah, give us some more information about why it's really working for you to have that partnership. I feel very connected to that partnership because I've always shopped at JCPenney. I remember my mom taking me there when I was little for all my back to school clothes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we would go and spend like nostalgic and back to school shopping. Yes. Very, very nostalgic. We did did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, such a good word and so it took me back to my childhood where I it felt very nostalgic for me so when they reached out and wanted to work with me I was like is this real I never thought I'd be working with a brand that I felt very close to because it reminds me of my mom in a way yeah Yeah. (laughs) and my my mom are yeah me and my mom are very close and it's just something that I I don't know it just meant a lot to me when they reached out to me I was like oh my gosh this would be such a fun thing to work on. I'm and sure so, it meant a lot to her um, too, to see you reach that goal. She was like, that that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And she's still shopping there. <laughs> <laughs> she's, so she always will. She's always been a big baby penny shopper. So when they reached out to me and wanted to work together, it was something that I was just very excited about. And they wanted it to be a year-long partnership, which it, I had never had before. I'd always done one-off collaborations with brands where it was a one-time thing Mm -hmm. but this was something that was bigger and it was for a whole year and I think that goes back to one of your other questions when you said what is a moment where you were like okay this is real sort of thing Mm -hmm. I would say that's probably another one of those moments for me too working with a brand I never thought I would work with it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> I would recommend to bring your mom along for one of those trips and capture that because I feel like so many of us can relate. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that uh-huh. childhood back to school trip yeah. and oh that would God, really pull yeah. at heartstrings. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's amazing and this is not sponsored by Just Benny but congrats <laughs> yeah, on, no. that part, on that partnership. No, but I mean this it is the work, this is, yeah, and this is the work that you do which is. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. so amazing. So um, and I love Thank that, you. like, personal connection you have to that brand because I think a lot of times when we see influencers on web platforms, how much were they paid for this? Knowing yeah. the personal the genuine, deep yeah. connection you have with the brand is part of it. That's why we buy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. 100%. Definitely goes back to that for sure. What's the advice you want to give yourself way back? Like, I'm looking at younger Crystal. You're so <laughs> cute and naive. I need to warn you or give you advice or get you, get yeah. you set. So what would you tell yourself? Mm-hmm. I would say the number one thing is to be patient because especially in the influencer space, it's not an overnight thing. Growth takes time and you get discouraged from that. Telling myself to be patient and that eventually – everything will work out as long as you don't give up on it and you keep going. I was just in my head saying, keep going. And then you said it and I was like, that's it. That is the thing. That's the juice. It sounds so simple, but those words are really heavy and Mm -hmm. they mean so much because if you don't keep going, Mm -hmm. then you're a hundred percent 
certain that you're never going right. to reach your goal if you give if you up stop. on it. Yeah. Um, so, Dissect that a little bit um, though, because you said you were stagnant for a bit. So how many years were you working on this mm-hmm. and you had to keep telling yourself, keep going? Because I think that's important for people to hear that it wasn't just yeah. a year. It was probably a few years. Yes, yes. I've been doing it since 2017. My growth recently, even within the last couple of months, mm-hmm. has taken off a lot bigger than I expected in a very short amount of time. But I would say it took three years for me to really start seeing more consistent growth. There was a time where I was stagnant for over a year and was just like, I don't know if I, should I be doing this? Do I keep going? Were you able to just focus on this for all that time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my husband was really our main source of income for three years. And there were times where it was hard. And there were times where I was like, I just need to go back to my job. And he was like, no we are going to work it out. It's going to be fine. We cut back here. We cut back there. Like we're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then my husband ended up getting a really great job with an amazing company. I would say a couple of years after I left my job Mm -hmm. and it made us a lot more comfortable financially in that way. But still there's this feeling of when you're not really contributing, it's just really, it's a tough feeling to have (laughs) when you feel you're not contributing anything financially. And so that was really hard for me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always really curious about this because as a woman mm-hmm. in this world, we're sold a couple different bills of like how we're supposed yeah. to fit in and yeah. being an entrepreneur is not one of them. We aren't really allowed to <laughs> yeah. do this. So unless right. we have clear support to offer that, mm-hmm. like we are all working our asses off to try and build dreams that people yeah. think just happen And that's why I was curious about what it was that you were doing or how were you able to start building and how were you able to weather the storm of not having consistent growth? Because that would be a stop sign for a lot of people. Oh, and it's funny you say that because I do think that in the influencer space, like I was saying, it doesn't happen overnight and it takes a lot of patience. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people give up because it is hard and it is discouraging and you're working at a loss, honestly, Mm -hmm. for the first couple of years because in order to share things, you have to buy them, mm-hmm. but yet you're not making enough to make a profit. It took a while before I started making an actual sufficient income to where I was like, okay, this is real now. This is an actual job now. Whereas before I was working at a loss yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for a few years before I was even really contributing anything. Most small businesses operate at a loss for the first couple Absolutely. of years. So that tracks. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a different, it's one of those things that I think we don't really have great structure around or like framework to understand mm-hmm. because it's right. a newer role to play in society. Yeah. And I think that we have this magical fairyland perception of what it is that you do. It's, it's yeah. so good to hear this sausage being made mm-hmm. part of your story. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It was tough for a while, for sure. But Jacob, my husband, is the most outgoing. Just He's just amazing. And he's motivating. Just, like, such a positive person. And he's yeah. very motivating. And he's very like, it's going to be okay. Like, we are going to be okay. And he's always reassuring me because it was hard for me more so than him because when things aren't planned out and structured, it stressed me out. And he's very opposite of that. One of the questions that you have is, what's your biggest piece of advice that yeah. someone has given you? And that was going to be my answer. He would always tell me, if you don't keep going and you just give up, this is never going to happen for you. Yeah. You have to keep going and eventually something is going to hit and it's going to work out. Yeah. And he was so right. It might have taken a couple of years. It can be scary. So right. yeah. yeah. 
And it's so scary. And I do yeah, think it's who do you scary. surround yourself with? What friends, yeah. what partners, what energy, yeah. what motivation? I think that's yeah. the key lesson yeah. that I'm hearing. And it's so powerful to have somebody it who is. believes in you so you can believe in yourself. Yeah. And um, that is like just the key is the, is the belief. Because yeah. that's where it all starts, for sure. Yeah. So you talked a bit about this, but you've had so much resilience and you've overcome a lot of failure. Is there one fail moment that taught you a lot and was something you look back on and your favorite fail? Yeah, (laughs) favorite fail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Um, (laughs) I love that. That's great. We all have that that moment. So Um, I can't wait to hear yours. (laughs) So after I quit my corporate job, we were like, okay, I need to do something. What am I going to do now? And this is when Amazon was getting really big. Mm -hmm. And obviously Amazon is a beast now. But back Uh then, yeah. Back then, it really, it was big, but it was just starting to come up. And so Jacob and I purchased this software to start selling products on Amazon, basically. So you would go out and you would buy a product at the store. Let's say, for example, you go to Target and you see there's an item on sale and it's 50 cents. And then you can go and sell it on Amazon for $4. You get a crazy profit from it. So there's this software that would tell you what is trending on Amazon right now? What is making a lot of money right now? What are the top sellers? Mm -hmm. And so you'd go out and look for that in the stores so that you could buy it for cheap and then resell it on Amazon. (laughs) So we bought this software and while the software definitely worked, we were, I was horrible at it. I was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just, I was so bad at it. I hated doing it. And we spent so much money on this software Yeah, and it was basically, it was a bust. Yeah, it was a bus. I bought a greenhouse. <laughs> like I bought a full greenhouse that I never actually built. This is my like favorite fail. <laughs> I'm gonna grow my own flowers. It's gonna be amazing. I'll be in the oh backyard. My God. And I was like, it just sat in boxes in the backyard, and like the water, like the yeah. rain came down. It's just a just reminder like, of how yes, much it costs. Yes, it was. And I was like, I like built up all this resentment about oh. it. I was like, why did I even do this? This is true. You got to get rid of it. You have to. Yeah, we ended it up stands for resentment. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I think I ended up giving it to one of my friends. It's just, oh it was so crazy. Yeah. But we I, all have, I feel like, those moments. Yeah, I think like, you learned okay, about yourself. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> Not to trust something that I didn't really know too much about. Yeah. And to think about things a little bit more before I make, like, a big purchase like that. Because yeah. it really was such a waste. And I was just going into it with these hopes and dreams of not being realistic about it because I was in this, I was in this, I guess this phase of like, I need to do something and I need to contribute something. I need to put on some um, sort of clothes. Like I need to show up yeah. somehow, right? Like I need to yes. get dressed. Yes. What am I wearing today? But yes. I think it speaks to even with brick and mortar retailers, mm-hmm. how much money goes into building out a store. And then oh sometimes the store doesn't work out, right? right. And oh, it's that similar thing. Thing of it's the cost of business of trying things but yes. to your point yes. crystal if you're saying okay this was too much of an investment it's okay how do we one bite at a time yes. versus yeah. huge right. taking on a whole cake yeah yeah that's and I think that's exactly the lesson that I learned is to just start small and Make don't sure go all in right yeah. away yeah, yeah yeah exactly don't go all in like a hundred percent right away when you're not really too sure yeah that's so. great advice and a good lesson yeah. for baby Crystal. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we've got a few more questions in our repertoire that we love to ask. One, yeah, of course. One of my favorites, the question I always try and like 
jockey around asking is what is your morning ritual? How do you wake up? What are your first hour and a half? What do you do in your day? I love this question because we are very married to our morning ritual. We're very creatures of habit, I guess you could say, and really thrive on a routine. So Mm -hmm. for us, we wake up around... You're going to think I'm crazy. 4.45 no. in the morning. <laughs> I think you're a little crazy. <laughs> I go to the flower market sometimes. <laughs> yep. Okay, 4.45. The so alarm goes off. 4.45, sometimes 5 o'clock mm-hmm. if we're snoozing a little bit, which I love a good snooze, right? At least one snooze. Um, so usually like, <laughs> I love a good yeah. snooze. No, I know. So I like, love the way you said that. I love a good snooze. Just once. I love a good snooze. I love it. Just a feeling of like, I'm in charge here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Alarm goes off around 445. Usually Mm -hmm. we're out of bed at 5 a.m. We go on a walk with our dog for one mile in our neighborhood. And then we work out first thing in the morning because it just sets the tone for the whole entire day. Mm -hmm. If if we aren't working out in the morning first thing, it's not happening. I have more more questions. I have more questions. Do you have coffee on your walk? What did you really do? The details. You don't? Are you doing literally roll out of bed and grab your leash and walk? Like, this is... Oh, no. Okay. You want detailed details. Yes. Okay. I'll tell you the detail. Okay. So 5 a.m. we get out of bed, obviously, brush our teeth. I splash cold water on my face always. Yep something cold always so that wakes me up then I go downstairs I get all of our drinks ready so we drink our greens first thing in the morning and then I get our pre-workout ready and then I get our electrolytes ready and while I'm doing all that Jacob is getting Albus our dog ready Mm -hmm. for our walk and then I go into the garage I get all of our workout stuff ready I put our bikes out I put the weights out I put our mats out I move the car out I get our garage ready to go for our workout then we go on our walk. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that way when we come back, the garage is ready to go. Our pre-workout's ready to go. We drink our pre-workout and then we do our morning workout. Okay. And how long do you work out? I love that you do this together. Yeah. So our workout is usually about 45 minutes. We're done by 7.15-ish. Amazing. So. And then are you having caffeine at any point? <laughs> yeah. On what is that, seriously, like yeah, my face pre- is like, <laughs> where's the coffee? <laughs> our pre-workout. <laughs> Our pre-workout is caffeine. Okay, so. okay good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Whew, I was going to be like, what kind of robot did you grow up with? <laughs> I don't know how I would make it. Yeah. So. And then you're in your office. Okay, yeah. cool. That's like way more productive than I am. Okay. <laughs> Now, okay, now that we know Crystal better, mm-hmm. let's get back into the shopper space of how you see your expertise. So what's one emerging trend that you might be watching or seeing that you're excited about? And then to follow that up, what are you doing about it when you're thinking about your business? So I would say that a lot of shopping is moving over to the digital space and people are buying from influencers now. And that makes me very happy because obviously that is my business. I don't share fashion content on TikTok, but I know TikTok is very big in terms of that as well. So I think social media in general, consumers are moving towards that and going in store. I love going in store personally, because I'm the type of person that when I'm shopping, I do like to try things on and see how it looks on my body. But what I've seen, a lot of consumers are moving over to the digital space and buying from influencers, which for me is great because that's what I do. And from the consumer Um, side, I see a lot of upselling. So I too, I'll see someone that I follow, they have a product, but then when I'm on that website, then I get upsold. So like, I definitely see brands leveraging the personal expression side of social media and saying, okay, if someone Mm -hmm. like Crystal 
shots from Crystal, how do we capture them while they're with us? And that's how they're using AI and a mm -hmm. lot of other things to really understand yeah. who you are and who your audience is, but then also me as your follower, who am I, right? What's What would Norma like right. on top of this thing that she liked that Crystal had? So it's so interesting yeah. to see the, the machine learning AI piece right. of mm -hmm. that digital. The converting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's too why brands are now moving over to influencers in terms of their marketing, because number one, they're cheaper than if you were to go put a big ad out on a billboard or in a store or something like that. While influencers do get paid very well, it, if you think about it, it's, for a brand, it's a little bit cheaper to pay an influencer to promote their products rather than go and well, and it's probably better ROI, really, because what they're doing is they're sure. saying, like, this person is personally vouching to their audience about yeah. a product. They're showing it off mm -hmm. specifically, whereas if they throw a billboard up somewhere, which, to be frank, nobody's leaving their house No one anymore. cares. Nobody's <laughs> leaving. We're not going out. Well, there's we're no going trust. Yeah, there's no trust. But we are, like, back to this, like, where's the marketplace? The marketplace yeah. isn't brick and mortar. The marketplace isn't right. on the street anymore. People are not leaving right. their houses. I, yes. And, but I think it's that they are leaving their houses. It's just why, why are they leaving their houses? They're not to spend, shopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not yeah, to yeah, transact. Yeah. Right. Cause right. I can transact exactly. online every day, yeah. but exactly. I am leaving my, phone. exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I am leaving my house, but the time spent isn't to necessarily Shop. transact. It's to actually spend quality time with either myself right. if I'm alone or right. <laughs> My husband, my family, but I agree with you, Wendy. I, right. We need, we have a different motive to leave. So throwing up a billboard versus all <laughs> of Crystal's followers, it's a different return that companies and brands are getting on that mm -hmm. spend. So it makes a lot of yeah. sense because that's where people are when they go to shop. Yeah. And I would and say they're buying into are... your trust, Crystal, because yes. they're, they're paying yes. you maybe a lower price point, whatever that might be, right? What an ad mm -hmm. versus an influencer might right. be, but they're already buying mm -hmm. into the trust that you've built, which I think is so much more valuable mm -hmm. to them than just some digital ad or like right. an ad on the side of a bus exactly. stop or whatever it might be. No one trusts a bus stop ad, but they trust Crystal. Exactly. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're worth I, that much I'm a real more to them. And yeah. yes, I, I'm a real person. I'm someone they watch and interact with every single day. I think another thing is when I do, let's say, for example, like a try on on my stories, mm -hmm. someone who has my body type or someone who... Right is able to see something on my body or my skin that looks similar to theirs, there's a way better chance they're going to buy that product rather than seeing a commercial or seeing yeah. a billboard or seeing a picture online or whatever it may be. So I think that's another reason why brands are paying influencers to promote their clothes or their products or whatever it may be, because they know those influencers are going to show it on their body. I feel like, I don't know about y'all, but I... I don't watch commercials because no. I have streaming. Like I don't, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. people don't watch commercials anymore either. So yeah. all, all of this is obvious when we sit down and look at it, but it makes so yeah. much sense why the influencer sector has grown at such a rate. Blown up yeah. so much. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it allows me to keep sharing and keep growing, which is something I love. And on top of that, connecting with other women who relate to me or in turn who I can relate to as well. That's really exciting. And connecting that back to something you said, I think it's important for brands to understand that for you, what has been your best partnership was a year-long partnership, a true investment in mm -hmm. you versus yeah. a one-off to check a box. You feeling invested yep. in from a longer terms perspective, from a mm -hmm. like strategic perspective. I think brands should be aware that it's not just, oh, 
I have this little bucket of money. I'm just going to get this event mm-hmm. out or whatever it is that they're promoting. That's helpful yeah. for me because a lot of times when we partner with influencers, it is, okay, who's helpful for this moment? Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. hearing you say, you know what? The best collaboration I've had is actually a year-long investment in me and I hope it continues. Yeah. It becomes mm-hmm. this alignment versus a moment to promote. Yeah, yes. It's more of a relationship. I feel more connected to that brand than I would, for example, Loft, who I've definitely worked with in the past and I love working with Loft, but their partnerships are only a one-time thing. And then maybe they'll work with me again later. They'll love working with that brand. But with JCPenney, it feels more like a family because we have monthly calls and I'm constantly communicating with them via email. So I know them very well and it just feels more personal, I guess you could say. And, And even if we're switching the way that we reach people, how they actually convert hasn't changed. So we still need to have at least three touches with a client before they make a purchase. And so these one-off influencing mm-hmm. opportunities, they're only reaching your subscribers mm-hmm. one time. So it's a blip on the radar. That's such a good point. And when we think about these longer relationships that you have with brands, that allows people to continue to build alongside with you. They're actually yes. not just building you, they're building all of your people as super fans of their brand. So yes. it's actually, it's brilliant. And mm-hmm. more brands should really think about that as a strategic opportunity, even if it's a three-month contract, just having that ability to make yes. multiple touches with the same group of people is the right answer for conversion. Yeah. And you're building on something versus starting to rebuild. Yeah. 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 That is like an amazing point because as the consumer myself, usually it takes a couple times for me to, okay, I'm sold on this. Yeah. It's very rare that someone shares a brand for the first time and I'm going to buy it right away. Yeah. It's usually after the second or third time. Okay. Now I need that. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. So what's been your favorite recent purchase? Mm -hmm. And then to zoom out a bit, what's your typical splurge? Okay. I bought this diffuser for my house. I started cleaning up the products I was using around my home. And so I splurged on this diffuser with essential oils. I just got rid of all the candles in my house, trying to be as non-toxic as I could. It was absolutely beautiful. And I had been wanting it for the longest time. It was like $200. And I was like, no, that's too pricey. I don't want to spend that much on a diffuser. Finally, so one of my friends was sharing it. And after the third or fourth yeah. time, you I got like, fluent. I'm getting it. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm getting it. <laughs> I am getting it. Uh-huh. And I, it is like the best purchase I've ever made. Oh, it, it keeps on giving. Definitely like, yeah. Yes. And I, it's something I use every single day. I love it so much. No, I, I want one. $400. Yeah. I you like, need I to send me the I love it so much. I got influence so too. Know. You, you got influence on this podcast. <laughs> we'll share the diffuser in addition (laughs) yeah Yeah. absolutely don't regret and love it and Um, our homes are a sanctuary so you're you're investing in your home yeah i I never leave my house i am in my house all the time someone else doesn't leave their house i don't (laughs) some of us leave our house wendy i am with you okay i'm with you I leave my house. And really what we've learned throughout the podcast so far is that people are really just desperate for experience, even if it's online. That's what they're getting with Crystal is this, the experience of watching her try on clothes or watching her share about her life. Um, That's what we keep finding over and over again is this like thread is that the experience of the people who we transact with is most important. And the reason why people keep coming back. 
who we like, who yeah, we know, and I think, yeah, who we trust. Yeah. And Instagram stories is so big right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you really can get to know in terms of influencers, you really do get to know them more through Instagram stories because they're sharing yep. their life. I completely agree with you. The stories and reels are really important for driving business Mm -hmm. and engagement. Oh, for sure. I think there's something to that sort of movement that's happening in stories Mm -hmm. that keeps people engaged, right? Because it moves on, it changes, like whether it's a video or it's just like a post and a carousel even. Yeah. There's definitely this like engagement required in stories for the audience. So I can see why that would be something that continues to be uh, important part of your business model in general. Um, cause well, it's been, of course, cause that's yeah. where, that's where you connect with people because you're posting a story and it's, it's in real time most of the time and people are responding to that. And then you respond to their DMs, you're texting them all, and then you start a conversation and that's where you really build a community. At least for me, that's where I have really built. I don't like saying following, but it's a community mm-hmm. yeah, because there's that. girls I talk to every single day who right. respond to my stories every day. And I talk to them more than I talk to one of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it really is where you create those connections and form those relationships. And you can't really do that on your feed. Most. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I think um, you said community mm-hmm. because you responding, that's not mm-hmm. always the case with people that have a larger following. So I know that takes a lot of time and energy, but yes, there's these products that you can have if if it aligns with your needs at a certain time. But really what I'm hearing and seeing from this conversation is that Crystal truly is engaged with this community. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's what you're selling. And there's relatability in this friendship that is maybe not typical. It's not a typical kind of Mm -hmm. person to person type of friendship, but to grow this trust with someone through your storytelling, I think is what we're talking about, which I think is really interesting and also a diffuser. We're going to put a diffuser out there. <laughs> I love it. Also the diffuser. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It sounds like we'll be getting you a contract with that company. <laughs> and Jason Penny, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's so inspiring because, Crystal, we've been friends for so long and I've admired your courage and exactly what you said in the very beginning of this podcast. When you were struggling, you weren't really being you. Mm-hmm. And it's so inspiring yeah. to see you being you and see you excited and this spunky, joyful, happy, amazing, incredible yeah. person that you are. And now being able to share that with so many. I'm happy for you. Thank you for Thanks, sharing that journey because it's yeah. not always pretty. And sometimes it, it can look like it should be. Right. But it's so helpful to hear. It's going to sometimes be hard to get to a place where you're going to be feeling like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. That you have to keep oh going yeah. through the muck of it to get to where you need to be. You got to work. That's so true. That's the, the thing I always go back to when there's times where you get discouraged because I think people see influencers as oh they have such an easy job and all they do is post pictures and videos of themselves and it's so much more than there's so much behind the scenes that Mm -hmm. go on that people don't see I appreciate everything that you said Norma because I think it really does go back to the community that to me is so key and being an influencer it's becoming more of a norm people are starting to realize that it is an actual very flourishing job I love that. Um, so and it, it's psychology it, at the end of the day. You're building yeah. 60,000 relationships, which yeah. to me is yeah. such an incredible feat to think about. Like, how do you maintain that? How do yeah. you create that trust? How do you 
protect your time and energy and your right. space to have mm-hmm. a balance. Yeah. Maybe we have a part two because that to me is really fascinating. Yeah, but. no, I have a million more yeah. questions and not enough time to ask them, but yeah. it's been yeah, such a great totally conversation. Come back. Yeah, <laughs> yes. awesome. And you need to just be here so yeah. we can have wine. Right oh now, yeah. Crystal's in Texas and I we're in like- California, but we need to do this in person. So thank yes, you so for much sure. for sharing with us. It was a great conversation. I love getting to know you a bit better and learning about this person who Norma adores. Yes, I adore her too. <laughs> Tell Jacob next time he's going to be on too because he was the, the main thread throughout this whole conversation. <laughs> we need, we need a partner's it. episode. I know. All right. Thanks yeah, so much. That would be fun. <laughs> thank Bye. you. I'll talk soon. This is Wendy and Norma inviting you to transact with love.